Hey, um, we are in week three of a series called Faith Over Fear. And uh, I love what Brady said. The mission of our church is to make disciples. And so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start something culturally that I'm going to try to do almost every week or very often. Uh, I want to make sure you understand that the purpose of, uh, of this is not just to get people to believe, but to become like Jesus. Because yes. he's always trying to get us to follow him, not just take interest in what he's saying. And so while I'm thankful that some people here are, are still observing, you're still like examining the preacher, uh, <laughs> sorry to disappoint many of you, uh, but um, this isn't about me, this is about Jesus, and this is about you learning that God loves you and has a plan for your life, and he's calling you to be out of heaven. And so you're, you're, the calling of God on your life is not to just believe in Jesus, but to follow him, to know that he's Lord. Even the demons in hell believe, but... Uh, we're following the Lord. And so we're trying to make disciples. And so when I'd say, hey, like, uh, who are God's disciples? I'd like you to say us. Who's God's disciples? Us. So you are his disciple. That's what he's calling you to do. Who is God's disciple? Us. Great. There you go. Well, that's cool. We're going to try this. Uh, this is new. I'm making this up. It's on the fly. Here we go. Um, we are in the week three of a teaching called Faith Over Fear. And one of the things that Jesus, um, he, he only got upset about a couple things. Uh, he got upset about religious people uh, he didn't really care for a lot of religious people. Um, and and, and, and he, he got a lot upset about um, uh, when his disciples did not possess faith. And so we've been going over stories in the scripture where Jesus got uh, pretty upset with his disciples. The first one was uh, over protection when he was walking on, uh, when he was in a storm on a boat and the disciples were terrified for their life and he rebuked the storm, which is awesome. And then he looked at his disciples and like, why are you freaking out? I don't know, maybe because we're in a boat and we're going to drown. Um, and he did not like that. He was looking at like, I want to see faith happen in disciples. Yeah. Uh, last week, we talked about how uh, healing over, over, over in areas of healing. And, uh, and oftentimes when we come into scenarios where our friends are suffering, there's an illness in their body or a pain in their body, or there's something going on in their marriage or in their mind, and they, they need counseling or need a doctor. And, and rather than us replying to them and say, how can I pray for you? We, we gravitate to the natural and say like, well, that's unfortunate. Who's your doctor? How, who's your counselor? What will you prescribe to? And, and, and it, it really bothered Jesus that his disciples didn't have enough faith to meet the need. And, uh, and I think it's imperative for us to understand that if we're going to be disciples, we have the answer. It's in you. We have to develop the strength uh, and the confidence in the prayers that we're praying but it's a process and we are going to get better at it. But the first response when someone says, my marriage is tough, my kids are crazy, my, you know, whatever's going on is out of order. Let's pray. Yes. Let's pray about that. Um, and that's where you go from a bystander to someone who's actually making a difference. As you realize that the light of the world is inside of you, you are the salt of the earth and you were placed there divinely. Yes. Yes. Cool. Today, we're going to talk about my favorite subject, y'all, um, money, 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 money. If you uh, have not been uh, part of our church or this is your first time, I want to welcome you. Please know that we're not asking you to give. Um, if you uh, are new, what you wouldn't know is that I haven't talked about money and we check the archives in well over a year. In fact, we don't take offerings here. We just, uh, we just want people to know like we give freely. But uh, while I, and normally actually when this subject comes up, I get super awkward and I get really nervous and I start sweating and I am really nervous right now. And while I'm not going to apologize for talking about money, I am going to apologize for not talking about it because I recognize um, we actually put it in the, uh, on the, on the schedule uh, twice over the last four, five months. 
Uh, but I, I realized that um, it may not have been good timing in light of all of the craziness that was going on to talk about money. But as I look back now, I actually realized that I, I'm sorry because if you're talking about money probably now more than ever, your church probably should have been talking about it because it matters. And if it matters to you, we know it matters to God. We've got to figure out what my place is in this. And so um, I, it is necessary that we talk about these things. And we're talking about faith over fear today. And we want to get to God's heart in regards to finances. Many people have been asking, hey, pastor, how, how are we doing with money? Thanks for asking. Um, there's been a lot of people in our church that got hit and got hit really hard over the last five months. And uh, our prayers have been with them. And what's been really neat is for you to know, because we don't talk about this very often, and um, it's also good for you to know there is nothing that's hidden. While um, I'm not the guy you ask about money because I don't know. I don't know who gives and I don't know what, how much is, is what. I only know whether we make budget or not, right? And so, um, but Brady uh, is um, the big dude that was just standing up here. Uh, he's off solving a problem somewhere right now. Also, JB, will you wave at everyone? JB's on our financial board. He's one of our members. You can ask them anything you want. Well, our books are open and um, you can ask anything you want about our finances. How much is the preacher getting paid? I see him in a new Cadillac. <laughs> No, you haven't, but we need to talk to the board about that because it'd be awesome. Uh, listen, um, uh, several things over the last, people got hit hard. And so there's been a lot of people that needed a lot of repairs on their house or on their cars that they couldn't meet the bill. And, uh, and the church flipped that bill over the last several months. This is something that we always do, but it's been a little bit worse over the last couple months. Um, there's been several families that didn't have groceries and uh, we're quite terrified. And we found out about it, and we were able to meet their need and just, um, you know, fill that fridge for them. Uh, there's been several families that um, they had bills of uh, um, uh, physical bills in their home. They couldn't pay their mortgage, or they couldn't make their car payment. And uh, your church uh, made that happen for them over the last couple months. Um, uh, well, you know, there was, there was uh, one particular family. I'm going to try to inquire of them here shortly. Uh, that uh, was in from out of country. It was a missionary, had to come back in the States and he needed lodging. He needed to be quarantined before he came anywhere. And your church helped put them up, them and their family, so that they didn't have to worry about what that was going to look like. Um, there's been several missionaries. Uh, we support a lot of missionaries and um, none of them asked if we were still going to help them while they were answering the call of God on their life out of country. Um, they still got every one of their checks over the last uh, several months. Uh, we've, we, have, we support five local outreach organizations in town, including the Women's Choice, the Dream Center, Blessings of Hope, a lot of different food pantries and stuff. All of them uh, we've been able to continue to meet the needs of, including uh, we wrote some pretty big checks to cover scenarios that they weren't going to be able to sustain uh, to keep the need because those needs, people are banging down their doors right now, right? And so we're like, hey, let this carry you. Um, I think when things are getting bad, um, I just want to act in faith and like, I want to make a, a stupid decision. I want to have crazy belief. So when the world is freaking out, I just want to say, oh, I'll just believe. And so we wrote some big checks that probably we wouldn't have normally, uh, we donate monthly to, uh, to four organizations that are global, um, including operations, blessings and Christ for all nations, operations and blessings. Uh, last week when the crisis happened in Lebanon, your church was there. Um, and so that's, it's pretty rad. I think that that's, uh, it's always happening. So when there's a need and you want to know what's happening, we want to be there. Um, several local ministries within our church that wanted to go and do outreaches outside. They came and said, we need help. And, um, we said, we're there. 
Here's something that's pretty neat. Uh, not only did we give beyond what we can afford, we also paid every one of our bills and met our budget every month, which um, is, is just pretty rad. Like in a time of crisis, there's a lot of churches that are like are closing down and we're actually still putting money away. Uh, it's our vision where we're trying to go is we want to buy a church. And so we have to inquire money to do that because they don't just give money to churches. Um, they actually, if you're a church, <laughs> they want more money first. And uh, it's because there hasn't been some great stewards of it. And so fortunately, God's been good to us in that we can keep putting money away because we're believing for our own building. Um, and uh, so that's been pretty rad. Um, that's the update financially. And, um, and so now we're going to take an offering. No, I'm just kidding. We don't do that. There is a box in the back somewhere that you can find if you want to give. Uh, but if you're a visitor, uh, just relax today. Uh, but th- this is an odd subject for us. We don't talk about it that a lot. But it really is pretty neat for me to know as the pastor that I haven't talked about this in over a year. And everyone is giving consistently. And so um, what I really want to say is, is thank you. Uh, me and my wife took a step of faith uh, a little over two years ago to, to, to be doing this. And so we actually get paid by the church. Um, we, we, I want to be clear, we don't get paid everything that we need to pay our bills. We're stepping in faith. And so we know that the income that we have isn't enough to meet our needs, but every need is met. And so, um, it's pretty neat to know that God's with us because you guys have been with us. And so you have been faithful and I want to thank you for that. So really today, if you give consistently, um, you can check out now. Um, I'm actually talking to everyone else for the idea of helping us understand faith over fear. Yeah. All right? Um, yeah. I'm going to read from two passages of Scripture today. One's going to be from Mark, and one's going to be from Matthew. And so in Mark chapter 8, about this time, another large crowd gathered, and the people ran out of food again. Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people, for they have been with me for three days, and they have nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come a long distance. I've seen this on the missions field. People will literally walk for days to be somewhere where they believe God's going to be. It's crazy. Like, uh, many of us, if the AC is not working, I'll see you next week, you know? Like, it, there's a comfort level that we don't possess here that people, yeah. And Jesus asked, how much bread do you have? He's talking to his disciples. Who are his disciples? Us. Yeah, all right. That's great. Here we go. Uh, how much bread do you have? Seven loaves, they replied. And Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. He took seven loaves. He thanked God for it. and He broke it into pieces and he fed the thousands of people. Uh, what I love about this is that Jesus always operates in order. Uh, I am Pentecostal by nature, uh, but uh, what I, I love is that uh, when Pentecostals see order, uh, they think it's not Pentecostal. <laughs> it's like, it's got to be chaotic, and that's not actually true. Jesus actually uh, oftentimes said, no, like, we've got to organize this thing if it's going to be done right. If you've ever been anywhere where free things are being given away, there's always chaos, right? And so Jesus is like, let me show you how to do this. Hey, guys, I want people to get in groups of 50, uh, and I, in, in several passages, he'll say, I want them to get into ranks. And so what's really neat is you may not know is that there are two times in the scripture where Jesus fed 4,000 and one time he fed 5,000. And in both accounts, he actually fed far more than that. They only counted the men. 
because uh, that's the way things worked in Scripture. I'm sorry, ladies, we love you. We think you're a big deal. Men are just awesome. No, I'm just kidding. That's not true. That's not true. I'm just, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I don't want to sleep on the couch tonight. Like I said. And so... Um, so uh, here's, here's what you need to know. Um, they, he fed more than that. But uh, what's neat is there's four Gospels, right? Four, the Gospels are, are the, what we would consider the, the, the life of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And of those four Gospels, uh, there were six accounts where Jesus fed. They, the author wrote about six different times uh, where he fed the 4,000 and the 5,000. So some of them wrote both stories. Because um, they really wanted to get this story out. They thought it was super important. It was one of Jesus' greatest miracles. He's feeding thousands of people. And what's neat is in both accounts, in all six stories, when they got done feeding the people, they wanted to collect large baskets to collect all the leftovers so there was no waste. I think that's super cool because in our culture, we would feed people and then just throw everything else in the trash, right? But Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Leftovers are important. We're going to send it home with folks. This is, this is important. Anyway, it's okay. I got to get to the story here where I had to go. Okay, so faith over fear. Jesus, Lord, especially today, help. Amen. Amen. In Mark, so I just uh, was reading in Mark chapter 8, verses 1 through 5, 1 through 6. I'm going to skip down a few verses and start off in verse 14. Okay, so Jesus just got done feeding the thousands, uh, thousands of people and he collected the baskets, gave them away, and then he got in a boat and he headed to the other side of, 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 of the water to go to the other part of the land. And he's with the disciples in the boat and the disciples had forgotten to bring any food. They had only one loaf of bread with them in the boat. As they were crossing the lake, Jesus warned them, watch out. Beware of the yeast and the Pharisees of Herod. He's, he's talking about teachings. I want you to be careful of the teachings of Pharisees, religious people, and uh, meaning things that would be required of you. That's what the, these Pharisees are always going to put like, you, you must do this if you're going to be a Christian. You must do this. Read Galatians. Uh, the book, whole book of Galatians is designed to let you know that you don't have to do anything to be a Christian. Jesus did all of it. Yes. Jesus paid everything. There's nothing you have to do. Now, because you understand the love of God, there's going to be things that you should want to do. Yes, and there's a big difference. When, when, when you're in love, you, you got to bring home flowers. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Ladies are like, you get that memo? jerk. Watch out. Beware the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. At this, they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought, they hadn't, uh, where am I at? Because at this, they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. bread. There we go. I, I, I'll get there. I'll get there. Y'all just, intercessors start praying. Come on, this guy's an idiot today. Here we go. Uh, in verse 17, Jesus knew what they were saying when they were arguing with each other. And so he said, why are you arguing? Now, he lays into them. This is like someone who just went off, your boss that just went off on you. Watch this. And, and who's he arguing with? Who are his disciples? He's, he's yelling at you right now. Watch this. Because I, maybe I'm the only one who's ever worried about finances. Is there anyone else here who ever like, I, maybe I don't have enough to do this, or this time God's not going to do it, or like, I know he's done it before, but now God forgot my phone number, and he doesn't know my mailing address. And, and so the disciples just got done seeing Jesus take seven loaves of bread and feed 5,000 families. 
and they're freaking out. And that's not even what Jesus is talking about. Like they, they miss the point and he lays into them. Don't you know or even understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? Have your eyes, you have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? When I fed the 5,000 loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterward? When I fed the 4,000 and 7 loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you take in? Seven? Don't you understand anything yet? And I just got to remind for you the first point that like, I think you have to know, you have to, you have to get down deep in your knower. First point today is that God is going to provide for you. I, this isn't like a suggestion. I'm not like throwing this out as like, I hope, hopefully it's going to work out. No, the Lord's name is Jehovah Jireh. It's who he is. And the, the problem is either this is like a book of like riddles and cool stuff or it's truth. And if God said it, he's going to do it. He is going to provide for you. I, um, there's a scenario here of, uh, I looked up, and we're in faith over fear, and uh, I Googled, and I wanted to get this in every week, and I ran out of time. And I'm running ran out of time this week, too, but uh, we're going we're gonna to go with it. Rich just reset my clock, so we got an extra 30 minutes here to talk, right? <laughs> Appreciate it, Rich. Um, Faith over uh, fear. So some synonyms of faith. So like if you have faith in the area of provision or you have faith in the area of God's protection or you have faith in the arena of healing, some other words, if we were to take out the faith, remember without faith, it's impossible to please God. So faith looks like this in your life. It looks like trust, synonyms of faith. Trust, belief, confidence, conviction, Hope and expectation. I like that word. I like that word. Like, like I, in my area of finances, I expect God to move because not because, not because it's a vending machine, not because like I did this. So God's going like, he's going to, no, no, no. It's who he is. He's, he's just going to come through. He's a father. I'm his child. This is what good dads do. They provide for their kids. Fathers, a man, a husband that doesn't provide for his family is worse than an infidel. We represent Jesus. We are the identity of the man in our house. We provide. That's what the scripture says. I'm not, you, you don't have to like me for it. Blame Jesus. Okay. But we provide, we look like Jesus. The father trusts. So I expect that God is going to provide. Here are some, some, some synonyms of fear. Now the first couple, I'm like, I definitely don't have this going on. I definitely don't have Terror, horror, or panic. Unless I'm in a boat that's sinking. Then, then okay, then I kind of, a little bit, right? Um, and so what's neat about this series is like the first one we talked about protection. Um, we mostly just believe that. Until. Yes. Healing, we mostly believe that. Until. But this one about finances is something that you actually have to believe on a daily basis because this shows up in your conversation at your dinner table as you're going out for dinner. Like this is, this is a difficult one, faith. And I'm gonna show you some other things that I think kind of can rub us the wrong way that probably the disciples were having when he rebuked them and said, why do you not have any faith? And he laid into them. 
alarm, agitation, dread, dismay, distress, anxiety, or worry. And I do know that some of us get anxious when it comes to money. And we do get worried, like, what if? What if God forgot? What if this time he can't? And when he's talking to his disciples, it's super important that he's looking at you and going, hey, guys, I'm leaving earth in a couple months. You are responsible to be Jesus. When you go to work this week, you have to have the mindset that you know amongst your coworkers that God's going to provide. Amongst your family, you represent me and you have to elevate the level of faith because when a miracle happens in their life, if you didn't remind them that God was going to provide, they don't get the opportunity to see it. And so we have to have faith in you because then all of a sudden when the pain's gone, they don't even notice. But you told them, hey, God's, I believe God's going to, he's going to take care of that. And then God gets the glory. And then they look at you like you had something to do with it. You're like, I'm so, I'm so, I just, I'm, I just faith. I just believe. I just believe that God is good and he's going to. Do you understand? Yes. So some of us are worried and Jesus is straight up rebuking this because he wants us to walk in a level of confidence that he's going to provide. There was a, a, a last year, a year ago, I got to take my son Micah and many of us on a missions trip. Hear me, if you're a believer, you need to go on a missions trip. You have to. You have to see that there's another world out there that's not American. Yes. Yes. Many times we think that God's not going to provide for us. And uh, I got to meet this beautiful girl, Victoria. And in this photo here, she's the red-shirted girl with the black pants standing right in the middle next to beautiful Veda and my ugly son. <clears throat> the boys are beautiful. The son needs work. You know, I don't know. He's a... Anyways, uh, listen, Victoria um, is standing behind in front of her house. That is a, 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 a 12 by 14 um, house. And um, they're standing next to the firewood there that they, uh, they make all their food on. All of the food in their house comes from that. And uh, on top of it is, uh, is her bed. Uh, but I would, uh, be, it'd be bad for me to tell you that it's, that's actually not her bed. It's her family's bed, family of six. Mom and dad sleep on that with four children. And when I went there with a friend um, who uh, he uh, is, a, is a Marine and he had his legs um, amputated from the war. And uh, so he has a ministry now where he actually looks for people that are handicapped. And so this is not just like a, an ordinary house. This is all houses. Like this is, this is everywhere you go. And, um, but the reason why we found them is because um, Victoria in the middle there, the family is on the left but they're missing um, two kids. But Victoria had a problem in, with her uh, hips and her spine. And uh, because where she was sleeping every night wasn't good for her body, uh, it was actually making her dehabilitate. Am I saying that word right? Um, like fast, rapidly. And so um, about their house, uh, we know it was a 12 by 14 because your church replaced um, that roof. We actually replaced the whole house 12 by 14 because uh, when they had holes all through the roof, uh, just metal, just rusted out. And uh, when it would rain, it would rain inside their house and onto their bed while they were sleeping. Can you imagine how uncomfortable it is when the AC gets too cold or when it gets too hot? Can you imagine just when it's wet? 
Um, so we got to help them. We, we bought them food. Uh, we bought them oil and rice and beans and all kinds of stuff to stock them up. And we, we also bought them new beds. We got them some bunk beds for mom and dad and for the kids. And, uh, and when Victoria got her first cot, that's her very own bed that was going to be good for her hips. And it was such an awesome thing. And what was really weird is when I met the family, I only say this because we freak out that we're not going to have enough. It's just funny, the mindset. I met this family and the dad was so honored that we would pray with her and he wanted us to come into his house so we could pray with her. And he wanted to show us his house and his dirt floor and his light bulb. He just knew God was always providing. It's because we've been sold this American reality that you don't have yet. And so we're always behind trying to catch up because you don't know what a miracle is when you see provision. And so there's miracles happening every day in our life, but what we're doing is looking at everyone else who has more and we can't see what we got. So when Jesus looked at his disciples and said, how much do you got? Give it to me. All of it. I, I want it all. And he took it and he does what we forget to do all the time. He gave thanks. And he broke it. And he distributed it. He gave thanks. And he gave. I love that. But many of us just forget to be thankful. We're still chasing what we don't have yet in our grass or in our yard or in our car or in our boat or in our. But we got so much that we're going to throw out this year. That we needed to have so much last year. Don't store up your treasures on here on earth where, moth and, uh, where moths eat them and rust destroys them or where thieves break in and steal them. But store your treasures up in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy them or thieves do not break in and steal them. Wherever your treasure is, uh, there the desires of your heart will also be. Another translation will say, so where your heart is, there where your heart is, so where your treasure, or your treasure is, so where your heart be. I'm sorry. And uh, what I, I, I mean by that is that uh, I think it's important that you understand that. Like, um, it's important that you learn how to give because God's going to provide for you. But when you give, I want you to know that you're not giving to a church. Like, that's not the idea. Um, we're not giving to missionaries or to families or to these things. Jesus actually said, um, I was naked and I wanted you to, to, to clothe me. I was thirsty and I wanted you to give me drink. We're, what we're doing is we're providing a seat for the lost to come in and hear the gospel. Yes. So you don't recognize, like you think you're giving to the church, and I appreciate that. And I appreciate that we haven't had to ask anyone. And so I'm not asking you to give at all. Like All of this is supposed to come as an overflow of what Jesus is doing in our heart. Yes. But th if this is the end times, and that's what we believe, there is a lot of people who need to hear the gospel right now. And so when we invest in a, in a, in a community, we, we want to invest in a community that's growing and that's reaching people for the gospel. You should be seeing your church reach the lost. You should. You should see a church that's growing because the kingdom of God is growing. And we're investing in souls, not in a building. Um, and we're trying to make more room for other people. And in this scenario, what Jesus is saying, I want you to store up your money, not into your bank account, but I want you to invest in heaven. I want you to populate heaven. And so what I have learned is that when Jesus is talking about this, he values his kingdom and he values that you're coming and he values that he wants you to make sure that there's more people 
with you in heaven. How awful would it be to know that we had all of these resources and we spent it on us and we and like I know that not all of you are pastors and not all of you are evangelists and not all of you like are, are out banging a drum. And so I'm grateful for the work that we get to do with you for the kingdom. I have to keep going. The first point today is that I want you to know that God is going to provide for you. The second point that I think you need to know is that it's important for you to serve God, not money. Okay, what do you mean by that? Um, We have been raised in a scenario all of our life. Hold on, Lord. There's some people who need to hear this. Some of you weren't raised in the church, um, but there's some mentalities that you have been taught. Like, I want you to go and and when when you get out of this house, you're going to make money. You're going to be successful. And you got to make this much money and you got to have this kind of house and you got to have these kinds of things because that is successful. That's crap. Like, I don't know, there's not a better English word that I can describe. Like, that is American. There are so many people in heaven that Jesus valued, like the, woman, the widow with the two mites that gave everything she had that he valued in heaven. I want Jesus to look at me and say, that guy right there. Yes. Because Jesus said, the rich guy, it's going to be almost impossible for him to enter the kingdom of heaven. Like a camel entering through the eye of a needle. What he's saying is it's hard when all we want is to produce more wealth. What I have is not mine. I have to, I have to serve Jesus. And it's really hard to serve Jesus with finances when we are still pursuing the American dream that what, it's not what we have, it's what we have not. And, and we, we, many of us think that we're st- we still need more, more and more and more. But think about how many people around you are crying. Like just in Polk County, probably more than a thousand people went to sleep last night crying, broken, yes. drinking. Like we've got to get the gospel out, man. There's hope. Okay, serve God, not money. Listen to what Jesus said. He says, no one can serve two masters. This is in Matthew chapter six. I was was just reading, uh, store up your treasures in heaven. And no one can serve two masters. You will either hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. But you cannot serve both God and be enslaved to money. Now, this is not my words. This is your Savior, your Lord's words. And so it's important that you understand that I didn't die on a cross for you, and I'm not trying to take an offering today to acquire more wealth. Okay? Yeah. Jesus is saying you can't serve God in money. And the problem with people that don't want to let go of their money, it's you think that you're in control. But when you can't let go, you don't have control. It has you. Because think about this. When you were a little kid, when you were two, your cousin, your uncle, your aunt used to say, now, Billy, make sure you share. Okay, good. You know what you tell little kids? Make sure you share. Okay, make sure you share. Okay, and we know this, and we teach this to little kids because we know. We know what's right, share. But somehow we've graduated to the point where we don't, we don't have to share you share. Why? Where is it in our head that like we've now arrived at this point where 
Jesus, the heart of God, for God so loved the world that he gave. You can love, you, you can give without loving, Mother Teresa said, but you cannot love without giving. And if you say you love people, you recognize that the resources in my hand are not for me, but for the purpose of making sure that people are cared about. Now, I know that it's going to be hard for you if you have to live without cable TV. But you'll probably enrich your life if you don't have crap in your life. Now, it won't feel like that if you're still watching the American dream. And so it's a matter of like what, what resources are going in. Because I know that your heart of hearts, your dream was not to, to have cable. It was to love Jesus. And, and many of us in the process are missing the point. And so it's hard for us to give because we think that if we give, then we're going to have less. But I want you to hear this. Some of you have never heard the voice of God in your life. There is an applause that happens when you give. God starts just cheering. Amen. I'll show it to you. You're at the cashier. And you want to make sure the kingdom of God does not mean you give to the Way Community Church. No, 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 no. You give here. That's cool. Great. Thank you for giving. You give at Walmart. You give everywhere. You give to humans. So when you buy someone's groceries that are in front of you, something inside of you goes, that was awesome. Oh, man, good job. It's a father. Here, here let, me, let me explain to you. It's like this. It's like I, I have a daughter who... Um, she gives everything all the time. Like if I give her money, it's gone. Great. And, uh, and, but I'm so proud of her because all she wants to do is help. Yeah. She hears about missionaries and fire starters from Miss Melissa and she's teaching them about people that give their lives and she's like, well, I have this money. I want to give. Everything inside me goes, you are awesome. Now, I don't want to teach her, although this is a principle and a kingdom principle, that if you give, you will receive. It's truth. It's the worst kind of principle to teach a church though. Because watch this. I don't teach Mia, Mia, if you give this to your cousin, I'll buy you so much more. No, 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 no. But when I watch her out of her heart do something that was, God loves a cheerful giver. Yes. Mm, Mia, what do you want? What do you want? I'll buy you anything. You're stinking awesome, kid. You have the best heart ever. And this is the heart of the father. And he cheers you on when you recognize I have. Now, we don't give out of surplus. We don't give because I have extra. That's the worst way to give. No, no, no. We give out of obedience. Yes. So when there's a need, you just let it go. And watch the smile of God. Now, there's a couple of things you got to know. I'm sorry, I'm way off track right now, but I, I got to say this. If you let, if you give to like, like beautiful Dakota here, I gave you this. And then I, what I don't want to do is go tell Bob, Bob, you know how awesome I am? I gave Dakota this thing. It was so cool. I'm so awesome, man. Aren't I great, Bob? Um, then the father says, you already have your reward. So what you'd want to do is, is just honor her and live under the praise of God. And it, it, because it's about your motive. What are you after? Are you after people's praises? Are you after like, and so, um, that's why I feel bad telling you guys all the time, all the things that we're doing with our finances, because I just feel like we're supposed to as a church, you know, but if you want to know more, ask JB, he'll tell you. Um, all right, I have to keep reading the scripture because that's what you guys came here to hear. So um, not my opinion. And it's really important that you don't believe me, but you just read this. So I'm staying in Matthew chapter six and uh, verse 24 was no one can serve two masters. You, you can't serve both God and money. Now I can serve God with money. Yes. 
And men are really guilty of this. This is another rabbit trail. Men are really guilty at categorizing departments of our life. And so we will try to, um, I'll do this with God, like Sunday morning is God's time. And, but that's not the way our relationship works. I promise, if you only call your wife on Tuesday, she's not going to be married very long. <laughs> so the idea is in everything in my life, I'm honoring my wife. And in everything in my life, I'm honoring Jesus. And so in your life, we're bringing God into our finances. Now, let's keep reading here because I know that some of us are worried about finances because, Pastor, I can't give or I can't tithe or I can't because I have these things. I get it. Just listen to what Jesus is trying to say to people that may have a little bit of worry. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food? and your body more than clothing. I just want you to look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in their barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Then why worry about your clothes? Why look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as the flowers of the field. If God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so... This is Jesus. It frustrates him lack of faith. Why do you have so little faith? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you want to learn what, what honors God, just start putting God on his word. God, you said, you said, God, you said, God, you said, because I believe in you. I'll just expect you. You said you're going to do it. I'm going to hold you to it. You're going to do it. God honors faith. Are you still with me? Is this boring? Cool. Here we go. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Do you believe that? Do you expect that? Yeah. And here's the last part. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And I just think that that's special recognizing that we're not going to serve God. Or we're <laughs> just... <laughs> we're not going to serve money. We're going to serve God. And we're going to allow God into the arena of our life with finances. And so the first point is that God will provide. The second part, don't serve money, serve God. And the third point today that I'm done with is giving is good. So we know this in every arena of our life. We've taught this to children. We've seen this um, come through Sunday school. We know that God gets excited when we give. And here's what I want you to know. We believe in tithing, okay? The reason why we don't, I don't throw this out there often is because I think there's been a lot of bad teachings that you're expected to tithe if you're, if you're a believer. No. What we're trying to do is get everyone to worship God yeah. in every area of their life. We made some changes this week uh, on our staff in regards to what's happening culturally right now. 
On our website last week, it said that we require everyone to wear a mask. Now, we weren't really requiring people to wear a mask. We were asking it, and I'm still asking you to do it because I recognize that there's a lot of unbelievers that are coming that don't understand. This is freaky. This doesn't look like Publix. Like, what's going on? Why does anyone wear a mask? There's people that are uncomfortable, and I hate them. Hate them. But I know that, yeah. (laughs) If you're new here, welcome. It'll probably be the same next week. What I, uh, we're way over time, Deb, yeah. Um, We don't require you to do anything. The book of Galatians says that Jesus did everything. Uh, But what I know is that Jesus actually said, I I am not asking you to give 10%. I'm asking you to give everything. So when he called Peter, one of his disciples, he said, come follow me. Peter left his boat, how he made a living, left his nets, and abandoned and followed Jesus. And when Jesus called all the disciples, who are God's disciples? He told them all, don't take anything with you. Nothing. Now, I don't think any of you are going to go sell your house today and your car and come and follow Tim. Uh, It'd be a long walk to go where I'm going. Uh, But listen, um, what I know is that tithing is a principle that we do as part. Here's the thing that I hate that I see in the modern church. Many believers tithe and believe that they're doing everything that God is asking them to do, and they're done now. And that's crap. Like, I'm sorry that I throw this word out there again today. God doesn't just, he's not like, he wants you to make a difference. He wants you to be a disciple in society. So there's things that he's asking of you that he's not requiring of you. But there are things that he values, and he wants those things to come out of you. But we changed the word require on the mask thing because I, I recognize that if I ask you to do too many things, you're going to misunderstand. I want you to worship Jesus. And it's hard for me to get some of you to say, I'm going to worship Jesus. Well, part of worshiping Jesus is with your finances. Yes. Because you love money. Because you work 40 hours a week to possess money. Because some of you work 60 and 80 hours a week to possess money. You care about money. You talk about it. You think about it, and it's part. So what you want to do is release part of your heart to recognize that it's the Lord's. Now, in Luke chapter 14, verse 33, Jesus said this about discipleship. This is my favorite chapter in the Bible today. Luke 14, he says this. So you cannot be my disciple without giving up everything you own. God's not asking for 10%. That's how you steward your heart. That's how you keep your heart in check. He's actually asking for everything. He's asking for all of it. Today, there's a need that I'm going to ask you guys to give to. Uh, There is a few families in our church, and we have enough money to cover this check, so you don't feel obligated. But I think it's good for you to present an opportunity. There's a few families in our church that are shut down and can't get anywhere, and they're having vehicle problems, several, actually. And some of them are Ubering to get to church. Paying money to come. Come on, man. Let's take care of that for them. Today in your giving, there's a box in the back somewhere. You got to find it or on your website. Just put vehicle or car or something like that in the memo. And we'll see if we can't help these families take care of it. Um, But I think it's good because in my heart, I want to, God is asking me for my life. And I put such an emphasis on money. 
I wonder today if you would just think about how many times you talk about money today and how many things you want today. Just today, is God involved in the arena of finances in your life? Would y'all bow your heads and close your eyes for one second? Hey, guys online, um, thanks for sitting with me. I just want to know that I believe God that he'll move in every arena of my life. That's it. That's what I want to do. There are some here today and some at home. You don't, you don't see that or you're still in the process of untying your heart to Jesus or right now in your life, you'd know you're not right with God. There's an area of your life that you have withheld from God. And I believe that's sin. Sin. Sin hurts God. And it muddles the relationship in a big way. Today, Jesus died to pay the price for sin so that you can stand right with God. Jesus gave his life. And God's asking you to do the same today. And that's when this marriage happens, really, when you finally fully commit to a God that's fully committed to you. There's this beautiful marriage. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you'd say here today, I I, I have not been fully committed to God, and today's the day that I, I surrender my life to Jesus. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? Man, that's awesome. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hand, man. That's rad. Wow, this is why we're here. God bless you. Man, I see your hand. That's wonderful. There's some people online right now. I'm just praying for you. No relationship works until both are fully committed. And the Lord says, draw near to me. I'll draw near to you. If that's you, one last time, if you have not raised your hand, say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm scanning the room one last time for prayer. I pray for you right now. That you'd be washed in the blood of Jesus. And that you would know that Jesus loves you right as you are. And he paid it all for you. God, I pray you teach their heart to love you the way you love them. And I pray that you'd move in their life by the power of your Holy Spirit right now. I thank you that you've forgiven us and that we stand clean in you. We have a song we want to just sing over you. And I'd encourage you to to lift your eyes uh, to the Father right now and just sit in this song. It's a beautiful song of thanks. I just want to think about the meals that I have and the things going on in my life. Giving thanks. In the silence, I choose to believe you're working in the waiting. And though the future isn't clear to me, I trust you anyway. 
things that I've got to say again before we leave uh, um, is important. One, um, I, I, I dare you to give money to somebody this week. And watch God applaud you. You'll just know it. Like, it'll be, like you'll hear the voice of God for the first time. He's not going to say anything. Just deep down in your knower, you're going to know. He's proud. It's just good to let go. You have more than stuff that you don't need. And the stuff that you think you need, you don't need. So, but they can need. Look for a need this week. Next, um, I dare you. Um, this story of this, um, the six times that the feeding of the 5,000 was mentioned. One time, uh, the person who met the need was a little boy, and he gave two fish and five loaves. I think that's super cool, because as a fisherman, that's a good day, <laughs> that little kid. And uh, what Jesus asked of the little boy wasn't some of what he had. He asked for it all. Yes. Um, and I, I don't know, uh, in the stories where he asked the disciples, hey, how many breads do you have? He took all of it, not a tenth of it. <laughs> 
He said, give me everything and I'm going to go feed these people. What about tomorrow? Like, give me it. We'll figure that out. I think that that's, that's huge. Give everything to God. Not all, everything to like this person you don't know. Maybe, who knows? Um, but last night, I, um, I really do thank you for those of you that have given. And I, I'm going longer, I know, but it may be another 52 services before we talk about money again. <laughs> and so it's probably important that we spend an extra couple minutes. Um, thank you for investing in God's kingdom. Thanks for investing in my family. Yes. Uh, thanks for investing in souls that we are, that I, I beg God for on a daily basis. Uh, I want to see more people here. You know what my hope would be? That you come to church next week and there's no seat for you. Yes, come on. That'd be awesome. Sorry, your seat is um, over there. <laughs> this is for someone else. I think that'd be cool. You're like, wait, I'm missing the point. Yes, you are. You are missing the point. It's not about you anymore. Um, cool. And then uh, the last thing I guess I'd say is, um, I forgot what it was. Did I say we want to give to that family? Yeah. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I remember afterwards that I, I didn't get a chance to say. You don't have to give. Jesus said once, um, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. He didn't say, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. What he said is, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. What I mean is, if you love him, you'll already be obeying his commands. And so he's not telling you, tithe. What he's saying is, if you love me, it'll be happening. Because you're going to want to love him. And you're going to realize you have these things that, that's why you bring flowers home to your wife. Because you love her. So, um, I don't know. I know we want to reach more people. And um, so we're, we're believing God for a building. If you ever were praying for the church finances, uh, we're asking that God would hook us up. And it's happening. Father, I thank you for today. Oh, oh yeah, the last part is um, when Jesus met with his uh, disciples, he took the bread that wasn't enough for all the people he lifted it up, and he gave thanks. Yes. And I beg you with your families, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. There are so many people that would love to be sitting at that table. And you're loved, and you're with people you enjoy. Give thanks. Father, thank you. I give thanks for my friends. I give thanks that I, I go to a church where I actually like the people that attend. <laughs> and um, we want to love you more. And uh, we're so thankful to be healthy today. We're so thankful to be rich today. And we're so thankful to know that we have found freedom because of Jesus today. We love you. Use us to love a dying world. And all God's people said, amen. Hey, guys, I love you. Sorry I went long. Um,